Welcome to the Raven Precision Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Dave Fisher and Brian Hieronymus, and today we talk about Audaboom XRT. Brian's a staff design engineer that works on a lot of the different machine control systems like steering and boom controls, and Dave is one of our technical service specialists that is also a product champion for boom controls, notably Audaboom XRT. In this one, we're kind of doing two different things. Uh, First, we're talking about XRT, what it is, how it's different from, let's say, older Audaboom, the different pieces that make XRT work, a lot of things like that. In the other part, we talk about the recent release of 1.2 software for XRT. Uh, There aren't that many different features and enhancements that were added, uh, but those that were were actually a lot of really big quality of life changes. Uh, most notably, like uh, things like being able to automatically calibrate uh, certain parts of XRT, as well as being able to, let's say, program all of the boom height sensors with a single button press. And I won't go through all the different uh, things in the list here. I think we'll just jump into the conversation with Dave and Brian and talk about Autoboom XRT. I think I think we'll be all right. All right. Uh, so let's see here. Hmm. Well, actually, you know what? Since both of you guys are new on the podcast, we're just gonna we'll do a couple little introductions. Sure. Looking right at you, Dave. All right. Yeah, Dave Fisher here. Uh, Whoa, that's too. That's too crazy. Oh, we don't. We don't. We just don't Dave. Get that in depth. Dave. Dave's fine. Just <laughs> don't be a Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a Dave, Dave. An hour. and uh, just Brian. <laughs> just Brian. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, figured we kind of just talk about or talk to XRT a little bit, or Audaboom XRT, I should say. Uh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll just call it XRT from now on. I'm yep, sure that's but, what it does. Yeah, uh, but uh, maybe just what it is, because we're probably going to have you know quite a few people that are listening that may not have any experience with it yet. You know, it's still it's still relatively new. Uh, I mean, when when did we release the first kits? Do you remember? First release was last fall, last uh, October, I believe. That okay. was for Patriot kits. Right, right. Yeah, so we'll have plenty of people that, you know, maybe even by the time they do end up listening to this, they may still not, you know, know. But uh, I figured we might just kind of quit getting to the nuts and bolts of it, not too in-depth, but... Maybe just, uh, you know, because, okay, so we're going to start it off at the stage. It is boom height control, but it's our next next generation of boom height control compared to, uh, I guess, in the training sphere, we always call it, we we always end up calling the old stuff traditional. (laughs) So we did the same thing with traditional smart tracks when RS1 came out. Uh, we did we did the same thing with Audaboom, but. We call it uh, legacy quite often. Legacy, uh, yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. Um. So, but uh, I suppose I think if if there was anything you wanted to hit on, sure. As far as what what we're doing with it, so we have we can go through the list of different components and what uh, advantages they offer mm-hmm. over the old system. Uh, we can get pretty in depth right away on each component, or maybe talk, list them first and then kind of do a hit list through them. Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, I remember one that's going to be most obvious is the height sensors. Right. So the legacy system used. Uh, ultrasonic sensors. Mm-hmm. 
our new system uses radar sensors. So radar gives us uh, one big new feature. Yeah. That is the ability to see uh, ground and the top of the crop at the right. same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can offer more control modes where you can set a target height above the ground or above the top of the crop. Right. Um, also, these sensors are quite a bit smaller than the ultrasonics were. Mm-hmm. That lets us package them in the boom much nicer. And they, uh, they don't have the dead band challenges that the ultrasonics had, so they can be lower in the boom structure. So we quite often saw ultrasonics uh, in front of the boom and up on a arm to give them uh, enough clearance, and that right. could make installations difficult for folding boom clearances and whatnot. Um, these I just want to say quick, uh, you want to just, uh, just briefly say dead band, like what the dead band sure. we're yep. doing with it. Yep. So uh, ultrasonic sensors that are on the current system have a, a dead band of 8 inches. What right. that means is if there's an object within 8 inches of the sensor, it can't accurately report that distance, mm-hmm. and the boom could go up or could go down uh, based on a number right. of factors in that scenario. Uh, the radar sensors also have a similar dead band. However, they uh, give a repeatable signal that we know something's in the dead band, even if we can't measure the distance to it. Okay, okay. So we're going to assume that no one wants to be within eight inches of anything, mm. and uh, so we know to raise the boom in that scenario. All right. Sorry to derail you when you were... Yep. I think another good point on the ultrasonic sensors that we used to use for the uh, UltraGlide system, um, like you said, they were installed on the, the big S brackets out front. Right that's a lot more easy to damage those than it is what we currently are coming out with on the XRT radar sensors. Yep. Right. Well, and like you were, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to there, Brian, was that we can, you can tuck it actually into the framing. Whereas before right. you really had to make sure that it was out of the way and then not going to get caught on anything when it's folding up. It's also, uh, we should highlight on those points. Uh, we can now be behind the boom as well. So you can okay. locate the radar between two spray tips yeah. And we can see through that spray pattern and still see the uh, um, the target. So uh, generally being behind the boom is safer than being in front of it. That's <laughs> yeah, a, right, a better, right. uh, yep. better mounting point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay. And then I think you had, we had some other sensors we wanted to yeah, yep. talk to. So uh, another one that's maybe not visually obvious is uh, inertial sensors. So we have inertial sensors packaged into one of the ECUs right. that mounts on the chassis. What that does is lets us measure chassis roll. So when the chassis starts to roll to the right, we can uh, proactively lift the right boom mm-hmm. and lower the left. Going through a waterway is actually a uh, much more of a challenge for a boom height system than simply having one boom go over a hill because when your chassis rolls at right. several degrees per second, that has a very large effect on a boom tip height. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing that roll even before it's being transferred to the boom and out to your, your boom tip and counteracting it before it happens, uh, provides a lot, uh, smoother height control and, and, uh, handles sure. waterways and terraces mm-hmm. much better. Uh, moving on past that, one of the highly visible items is a variable damper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so XRT comes for machines that have a rotating center rack with uh, components that we install between the uh, fixed part of the center rack and the rotating part. 
what that does is allow you to uh, dynamically change the uh, the coupling between the rotating and rigid center rack. Mm-hmm. So these sprayers are designed so that when you go through a waterway, uh, there's a suspension link there that the chassis can roll and hopefully the booms don't roll right, right away. That's great for a, a small bump. Uh, you let the booms float and the chassis goes right on through and the booms, uh, you know, just kind of get to stay where they are. Um, when things get more aggressive for terrain or when XRT needs to move a boom very fast and we lift that boom, that causes the center rack to rotate, mm-hmm. which then causes your other boom to come off target. Right. And now you're trying to fix two different problems at once and it can be kind of a, a transfer back and forth of, of, uh, of that air, uh, so the the variable dampers allow us to be not coupled when we don't want to be, mm-hmm. but when we sense that we need to uh, couple the rigid and floating parts to center right together, we can put a, a strong force between those two to, to tie them together. So now when I raise my right boom really aggressively, the left boom doesn't move because of that. Right. Yeah, and like uh, probably maybe just call it, because like, it's different than uh, <laughs> Legacy. Auto boom. <laughs> uh, call back to that one. Um, yep. Is how we had XT. Yes. And we were actually c- controlling that center rack. Right. Uh, whereas now we are, we're resisting, say, the opposite movements or, well, that's probably, yeah, it's probably the best. Yeah, that's way to very accurate to say it. We can resist movement. We don't yep. drive movement. Right. Um, we can be much faster responding because this is a purely electric system as well. So this, sure. these dampers are not tied into your hydraulic system at all. Uh, it's just uh, an electrical signal that's variable mm-hmm. that's provided to them. So yep. uh, fast response and resistive only. Okay. Another uh, uh, sensor that is added to the system is we measure the position of every joint that affects boom height. So we measure the angular position of the left and right tilt joints and of the center rack rotation. Um that uh, that allows us to feed into a, a much more uh, advanced algorithm. We uh, we aren't just knowing the height of the sensor from its target. We know the angle of the chassis, the angle of center rack, and the angle of the boom joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with all that information, we can be a little uh, more intelligent about the position we want to move the boom to. Right. So for example, if your center rack is rotated to the left, and your boom is high, uh, you need to lower your, your, your right boom, say, to get down to target position. But if the center rack unloading and moving back to its normal position will get that right boom there in a second or two anyway, mm-hmm. then it's not a good idea to lower the right boom so far that you're below the horizontal position. Right. So we're always calculating a target position or angle actually for the joints and control to that angle. Okay. You say algorithm. We're just fancy math. Fancy math. Fancy math. Lots that, of math, yes. You got to talk now to Dave and I. <laughs> it's great geometry. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been anywhere cued into math and geometry and all that <laughs> stuff. But uh, So you, you had mentioned, uh, I don't know if you were going to jump into this one, but uh, you'd mentioned the, how we have m- uh, multiple ECUs with the system are uh, you, you'd mentioned that we had, uh, our, um, gosh, darn it. Inertials. Jo- inertials. There yes, you go. Yes. In one of them anyway. Right. Right. 
Yep. Uh, depending on the system, you'll see uh, two or three ECUs mm-hmm. on these systems. Uh, we'll probably touch on the primary one first. We call that the ABM. Uh, it's Auto Boom Master. Right. Um, that has all of the brains in it. So it does okay. all of the processing, not only of the math that we're doing to know uh, our target positions, but also uh, displaying the the screens to the user on the field computer. Okay. Uh, the systems also have what we call a REM or a Raven expansion module. That is, uh, that's the brawn. So we got ABM as the brains and REM as the brawn. It does all of the reading of the sensor voltages okay. and drives the outputs. Uh, the other part of that, uh, or the other option would be an IMU. So that's an inertial measurement unit. Okay. Some machines to get an accurate measurement of the angle of the center rack relative to the chassis, mm-hmm. we put a set of inertials on the center rack. Um, that's necessary when the machine that we have or we're installing on has more give in the parallel arms. Okay. So that's a hard twist to measure, but it's very important to control. Sure. If we have something uh, that has a very stiff set of parallel arms, then we can just actually measure with a rotary sensor right at that oh, linkage sure. between the, the two portions of the center rack. Uh, you count radar as, as uh, ECUs as well, but I, I think that's better thought as a sensor. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, yep. Yeah, you were, uh, I think I probably jumped in there where we were, you're probably going to say about the, or you did mention uh, the rotary center rack option as well. I mean, that's probably working pretty similarly to those tilt positions that you were talking about earlier. Yes. Uh, more or less, probably. Yep. It's uh, it's just measuring a different mm-hmm. uh, joint movement, but uh, feeds into the same controls. Yep. Sure. I think I think that hits on I think that covers components yeah. uh, pretty well, yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, Dave, you have anything you want to jump in there? Oh, not unless we want to get into, like, the hydraulic block. It's this same same exact block. Um, yeah, might as well. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, so it's the same exact block missing a couple of components if you order it new, if it already has the UltraGlide system on it or Legacy Autoboom. Um, basically, you just have to remove two orifices and leave the pressure transducers disconnected. Um, if you order the block new, if you require the hydraulics, um, it will come without those. So that's a, a good thing to follow up on. Our old system had transducers. Um, mm-hmm. Our new system, we do not use transducers. Uh, we don't need them anymore because we're measuring that uh, joint angle directly. Right. So the transducers before served a purpose that uh, we would never put too low of a pressure out there. Um, the boom then would never lower too fast. Uh, that right. was... That was one thing we're able to improve on the new system, because we know the exact position of that joint, mm-hmm. we can lower much quicker, yep. even without the transducers. Okay. And I suppose if we're using the term legacy here, we'll probably say, you know, <laughs> the super legacy block <laughs> is not usable with this. Is that correct? The super the, legacy block the is square, not. Like the square, square coil right. block yes. right. is not. I'm, I don't know the part number off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to really bother 
too much no. with that. But um, Does anybody know the year we stopped doing that, by the way, while we're editing stuff out? <laughs> how, how old is that system? I don't know. It's <laughs> far before my time here. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to talk about G1 and G2, buy are we? cabling for it. And, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, just, I mean, they're out there. Let's just stay away from G1 and G2. <laughs> we'll follow up on that later. Dave, at the end, we'll have a we'll have a learning session with Dave Fisher about G1 and G2 Audubon. <laughs> uh, I think that really kind of you know goes over probably just the main scope of XRT, and and actually we really did get into a lot of the differences from uh, just our most recently made legacy auto boom we should say uh and probably why we made the changes that we did you sure. know you you mentioned you mentioned it about you know what we did with the why we chose to go with the radar sensors why we now uh get um that tilt information or you know that just the different geometry so we're doing yep. more math in the background to better understand where the boom is and how to more mm, efficiently and effectively move that boom in different situations yep that uh all those sensors let us do a better job uh, we're able to use a more advanced i would say control algorithm because sure. we have more data and mm-hmm. the more data that you have the the better you can uh can control okay um anything else you want to we want to hit on i think that covers it yeah it's probably one two stuff now sure yeah so uh with that um we're we're just had a is this I heard this just came out yesterday at the time of this recording, anyway. This released, uh, yes, yesterday. Okay. I didn't see it on the website yet. So okay. the actual closure happened this morning of the release okay. process. It'll, I'm sure, be there soon. Sure. Okay. Uh, so this will be 1.2. Shoot, I forgot. One, I'll, I'll, I'll call it out. 1.2.1.31. There you go. <laughs> I, have, I hate saying Burn to memory, uh, right? Know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It'll be the only one point two that people are aware of, right? Sure. So sure. One point two is. So uh, I figured let's just since we have these uh, few points, and I hope I copy these down from the the sheet that you had sent me uh, accurately. Um, but so yeah, so I see we added the auto calibration feature. Now is that? Um, well, I guess I'll jump in before I let you talk about is this where it's calculated or it's it's calibrating the speeds yes automatically oh yes all right awesome you bet yep so prior to 1.2 we did uh, a calibration procedure that uh taught the software where the radar sensors were on the boom yep uh measured angular positions and whatnot uh this auto calibration now takes it to the next step we uh, dynamically learn the uh control effort required to make the boom move at certain speeds right up and down and we do that independently for both the right and the left okay so sometimes there are are differences from left right to left yep um this is an optional calibration you don't have to perform it uh the advantage there is that uh, to do this well you need to be have a fully warmed up machine you know in, in sure. uh, on a level spot uh that perhaps some uh dealers aren't able to to do readily when they install the kit. Right. So you can install the kit, use default values, just like we're using on versions previous to 1.0, and then when you're able to perform this uh, called enhanced auto calibration, this mm-hmm. this further calibration, uh, you can do it at 
at your choosing without sure. going through the full calibration procedure again. Okay. I don't know if we want to highlight or not, but we, uh, I'll speak a little bit to this calibration that it is, uh, it does five tests down and up for both the right and the left side. Sure. So it is, uh, it is more time. There's, there's an investment there mm-hmm. to, to get the best performance. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's like you said, it's worth it. I mean, yeah. cause you want sometimes going through the regular calibration, it just it like, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're controlling well, uh, but it's just <clears throat> getting that extra, mm, I should say maybe the finer tuning of getting the speeds up and down. Absolutely. Uh, it's very common to see machines vary 20% on the speed of boom move at on theoretically identical machines. Mm-hmm. If you toss in differences in oil viscosity, sure, you know some of the OEMs recommend different oils across different times, you can see up to an 80 to 100% difference in the speed of a boom move. Right. So that's that's yep. significant. And that's why we've all, you know, and uh, we've always recommended, I mean, even when you're changing oil or, you know, you're, you're doing all of these different things, you're going to want to recalibrate. Now, that was legacy Audubon, I should say. But right. like in this, so in, say, a situation like that, would you just go through this auto calibration again? You absolutely could, yes. I or, like to think of it much like the uh, uh, the steering portion of uh, an RS1, for those familiar with that. You can stop your calibration or you can do a quick cal. Right. Uh, with, use the quick cal feature or yep. the full calibration, which does the hydraulic calibration. Mm-hmm. This is the hydraulic analog to uh, the RS1 calibration okay. process. And uh, if I, am I correct on this, Brian, that the auto calibration tests that it performs, they are still available after the fact? Yes. Every calibration that we do through the uh, initial setup, you can do discreetly or separately after calibration. So okay. um, for every sensor on there. Nice. And then just talking to sensors then. I know this was one thing that we wanted to, like, a lot of us were like, why can't we do this right. when we were first, you know, when we first released? Uh, so uh, just a little background on this. So the when we were talking about the ABM and how it, it's basically the brains, it's also storing uh, a, a version of software for the radar sensors, or the height sensors, we might want to call it, right? Correct. Uh, and we could we could program those one at a time. But a lot of people were wanting to be able to do it all in one go. Right. Is that what this That's what this is. is. Okay. So now you have a, an option right next to You can select a height sensor and mm-hmm. click uh, reprogram selected if you like to do them one at a time. Sure. Or <laughs> you can press the button below that that is uh, reprogram all. Right. Uh, that is an automated programming in that it still reprograms them one at a time. But as sure. soon as the first one finishes, it starts a second one automatically yep. and goes through the process that way. Yeah. Well, it's no different than when you're doing, you know, you're transferring files on a computer or something. It's yep. doing, you you do it all at once, quote unquote, but it is doing one file at yes. a time. You Very know, good comparison. <laughs> yep. I was just, I was moving a ton of files yesterday, so that's why <laughs> I hadn't, I New couldn't do it. Day? Fresh. <laughs> no, no, just <laughs> transferring videos and audio and all that stuff for some courses and videos and stuff. Oh, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's fresh. It's still sore. <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> other part to maybe highlight about that, and this isn't necessarily new, but uh, with XRT, when we have a update to the software, you don't right. need to update your 
radars separately. You don't have to get on a separate yep. CAN bus. And once the ABM is updated, uh, even if you're not using a Raven field computer, you can still update our radar from the object pool. Yeah. No, that's that is good. That's good to know. And then, like uh, I think, like you said, yeah. So when we when that ABM gets updated, it will have a new. Oh, actually, that's a, that's a question that I have. You know, because we just did. Uh, I just had Luke in here not too long ago. And we were talking about um, uh, like RS ones and SE ones, as well as the HDU MDU. You know, those are kind of a a package deal, so to speak. Right. Um, but this would. From my understanding, this would be more just of uh, those height sensors as there is a software version that comes out that could be used. Certainly, we do not expect to update height sensors with every version of ABM sure. software. Okay. Yep. Um, we do consider them a matched pair. Um, yeah. So it'll function with uh, with mismatched software, but the and in this this case there was not a change that would have uh, would have focused on this, but the filtering internal to the height sensor needs to work together with the controls of the ABM. Right. So they are optimized to work together. Um, sure. Uh, but then w- since it's included, I mean, you can't go wrong. Right. Yeah, right? you can't. If for some reason you backdated ABM software, you could backdate your radar and then yep. update and update. Oh, sure, yeah. It could be a party all day long. Well, and the one, the one bummer is uh, the UT will constantly show you as having an alarm. Which is a bummer, <laughs> yeah. but it's 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 a live alarm because the software hasn't changed. We do uh, have ways to highly encourage people to update the radar software, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, I yeah. mean, so it's if the software is not up to date, you get an alarm in every power cycle. Sure, you yep. can still engage. Yep, okay. and by bummer, I mean it, the fact that it's always showing an alarm, not right. <laughs> not anything against anybody. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, I was like. You know what? I'm the same way, though. To be perfectly honest, if I if I'm looking through something on, uh, actually, even over on my on my phone on my desk, I have three missed calls. I don't know how to get rid of those, and it bugs the <laughs> heck out of me. You know, <laughs> it's just like it just shows that there's three missed calls. Or if I'm looking through a list of something on my phone, and I see, oh, here's some here's a th- here's a new thing. I got to go, and I don't even need to read it. I just got to look at it. You know, it's like, you know, I, I think <laughs> it's just something that all of us deal with. Small frustrations. There, yeah. <laughs> there, there was uh, some requests as well that, okay, if the ABM has the software for the radar in it, yeah. why don't we just automatically update the radar and right. not even require a user to do anything? Uh, that was considered. The reason we haven't done that is because then you open up the chance that uh, someone updates their ABM and now they turn their machine off. Well, whoops, the ABM was in the middle of programming done. radar. Yep. Um, Brick to radar. Right, yes. Yep. Right. We should be able to recover from that, but let's not try it a whole bunch of times. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a double-edged sword, right? Correct. Definitely a legitimate question, though. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, so, as to another calibration, so we added the Audubon fold calibration. Now, this, I've seen the fold calibrations before, but this is actually now a, is this a part of the main calibration? This is part of the main calibration. So okay. uh, when you go through setup, you'll be required to fold the boom and unfold the boom. Typically, if you start with the boom folded because you've just installed the system, we start from that, that mm-hmm. state. Uh, the reason for that is that we are looking at the position of the yaw joint. Okay. So we can detect uh, when the booms are forward, when they're in a cradle, 
and and will prevent the master switch from being turned on, so you can't engage okay. auto boom inadvertently when the booms are are near the cradles. Okay. Is a yaw joint? Is that anything we ever have to add, or is it always on the machine? Uh, that is a good question. Uh, all released kits, uh, it's um, we're teen into existing sensors. Uh, there is a a option there, I guess. Patriot ninety foot and one hundred foot machines. Um, they can come from the factory with a proximity switch in that joint or with no switch. The difference being if you ordered legacy uh, high control from the factory, there would be a proximity switch there. Sure. If you did not, there is not. So what happens in that scenario, okay. as you're going through calibration, we ask you to fold and unfold the booms. If we don't see a change in that switch input, we assume you must not have a proximity switch. We show a display on the screen that says we didn't see a, a change in state. Do you want to continue? Okay. That makes sense. If you do continue, of course, we won't have the interlock for preventing master switch engage when the booms are folded. Sure. Okay. Okay. So it lets you have that feature if you have the hardware, but not handicap you if you don't. Okay. Yeah, I think that was... Thanks for asking that, Dave. I was going to... You bet. Yeah. I'm learning here, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's just what's funny. You know, like, you're, you're definitely plugged in more than I am. You know, it's like I worked with like guys on the on the release and everything but then it's just like then i gotta go do something else and work on something else and then i i don't get to see you guys anymore <laughs> <Excuse me>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so uh next point then uh, improvements to base duty cycle calibration uh yeah so which one so, which duty cycle? i guess so what base duty cycle is that's the pressure required to hold the booms level right okay uh, the 1.0 software, when you're doing that calibration, requires the operator to manually move the boom up and down and restart the calibration. Sure. If we're starting from an initial point that's a ways away from the correct pressure. Okay. Uh, this just works smoother. So we're detecting that we're going up or down quicker, and we're staying engaged so that we can move the boom up and down instead of the user having to do it. Okay. So this is really just uh, it's the it's not a more accurate calibration. It's just a little more user-friendly when you're performing it. Sure. Well, right. You know, because, like, you just, you start that wizard or whatever, and you want to, people don't want to push as many buttons as probably is required uh, in there. So, okay. No, that that answers that. Uh, We talked about the IMU earlier, the inertial measurement unit. So now there's a terrain compensation test? Yeah, so... We should speak to what that terrain compensation test is. Sure. It exists for both the ABM and the IMU. Uh, in okay. previous software, there was only a test for the ABM. ABM. Now we've oh, okay. added an equivalent mm-hmm. test for the IMU. Uh, why that test exists uh, is because of our inertials that we use to read chassis roll. So we're, we're looking at the chassis roll rate to determine when to raise and lower the booms. Mm-hmm. Um, if the ABM is mounted somewhere where there's a lot of vibration or right. the IMU, then we see vibration as chassis roll and we'll move booms off of uh, invalid data. Sure. Uh, so when developing kits, we've worked hard to find a spot for these ECUs mm-hmm. that is not subject to this. But uh, there are other things that can happen out there. Maybe the hardware didn't get tightened or... Uh, right. There's an issue with the drive line that's causing a lot of vibration on the machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So this test, we run at low engine idle and high engine idle, and we compare the value between the two tests and between a static threshold. Sure. And we just provide a result to the user that this is good, we're at low vibration, no impact, or this is more vibration than we would like to see. This may be a point of concern right? Uh, that could affect performance. It doesn't prevent you from running, mm-hmm. but uh, if you have an issue in the field, then we can request someone to run this test and rule out or yeah. know to look more further at at uh, why those sensors are seeing vibration. Well, right, because at that point, it's just extra noise, right? right. You know, uh, and and uh, oh, that that brings up. You know, we might as well we might as well bring that up because we we're kind of talking about these different components. Um, and you you hit up a good point, especially with ABM, is that the installation manuals that locate just about to yeah, go there. <laughs> well, you want to get her? <laughs> you know, like the they they call out a specific place to install these because that's yes. that's where it's been tested. Um, and I'm not saying like we're probably not saying we would like for you to put them where they you know we they're laid out to go but you know there are different circumstances not not you know some people may have some custom things on their machine or something like that um and so that would require to put it somewhere else uh so that's one thing to keep in mind is to make sure there isn't a lot of excessive uh you know uh, just engine vibration or anything like that but with that being said the the wizard is going to be, it, it's going to be wrong in the wizard right off the bat. Oh, correct. Right. Yep. So I'm just going to step back a little bit. And you said no vibration, which is a, a very good point. If you're having to mount this somewhere other than intended, right. it also needs to be rigidly coupled to the chassis. So okay. So it can't be on the boom right, or on the center rack, and it can't be on uh, a catwalk or a railing or something that has flex compared to the chassis okay so we're usually trying to put it right on chassis rails or something that's very solid right um continuing on after that yeah when you go through the setup wizard uh we detect which way gravity is right we know that um if that corresponds to the way we expect it to be we'll show an orientation on the screen that uh is the one that matches how the installation manual would have had you mount it but you can change that. Yep. So if you had a mount somewhere else, there's uh, the option right there to update its mounting orientation. Yep. So that's like the one of the points I would get to is because like that's a page that you could just skip past. Right. You know. Uh, and so if it is installed according to the manual and you know that it is, and then you can just you know maybe look to verify quick. But if you do end up going back through that wizard and recalibrating. You need to make sure that you put it back. You 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 orient the picture according to how it's actually physically located. Absolutely mounted. Yep. We did put uh, the default in there. Um, often it seems when you're going through a calibration, you're asked where something is on this machine, yep. and he realizes you've never seen this note on this machine, and you don't know where it <laughs> right. is or what yeah. orientation it's yeah, in. Yeah, sure. So uh, that's one of the big reasons for the default. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I. If you're going through a setup wizard on a machine that is not standard and you didn't put the note on, you probably need to find it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, one thing that comes to my mind is if, if you're having anything odd happen after your installation, that's that's going to be a, a number one question. I'm in the service department, so that's going to be one of our top three questions T- to ask. TMI, Dave. We don't want to know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> what did we just talk about? <laughs> no, uh, go ahead. Because uh, we, we did have an issue um, with one machine. Uh, try to make a long story short, but the ABM was calibrated wrong on the machine. Yep. And he was going through drainage ditches. And when he would come up out of it, it would send the right boom into the ground. And it's actually because we told it to on purpose because the ABM was calibrated, the orientation was calibrated wrong on the uh, system. Yep. Right. So we were seeing that as a chassis roll. I thought, hey, we should raise this boom and lower this boom. <laughs> really, it was a chassis pitch, not a chassis roll. Right. It uh, opened a lot of eyes, I think. It was right. actually, I, I heard one of the engineers get pretty excited. That's usually pretty calm. <laughs> <laughs> She says, oh, yeah, Dave, call this guy. We got an answer. (laughs) (laughs) So a good way to check that as well is there is a diagnostics page that shows you the current pitch and roll position of the node. So you can drive up a a hill or on one side or front wheels up and uh, make sure that matches what you're doing. Sure. Boy, we got off on a tangent on that one, didn't we? (laughs) We're good for that. Yeah. I, I welcome it. I welcome it. Uh, okay, so as we are talking about alarms a little bit earlier, so we have an out-of-range and offline alarms for each of the fold and lift sensors? Correct. So we're measuring the position of these joints with analog sensors. Sure. Um, if that uh, goes offline, you damage a cable uh, that's okay. zero volts. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we need to know that it's actually zero volts is never a valid reading. It should be between a half and four and a half. Um, so this is... Helping diagnostics. You know, why sure. is my machine doing strange things? Oh, well, there's a sensor unplugged, and we don't know where the joint is. Okay. That's pretty much the gist of that. That's that okay. one, yeah. Yep. And that's the longest, that's the longest, the longest bullet point. on there. With the shortest explanation. <laughs> we talked for 15 minutes about the ice <laughs> 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 Probably wasn't that long. I'll, You'll probably uh, spend more time troubleshooting in the IMU position than a lift sensor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, quick. Now, I'm going to get back on that tangent. Uh, <laughs> no, because we, we were talking about where the ABM gets mounted, right? Yes. On the, pre- oh. Preferably on the chassis, yep. but you said not on the on the boom or on the center rack. Right. Where does the IMU go? Yeah, so the IMU is the opposite <laughs> of that. It sure. needs to be on the center rack. <laughs> just, like, right. well, just clicked right there. Yeah, it's that's like, oh. point. But, okay, yep. yep. And the IMU has the exact same mounting. Uh, we'll default it to the orientation that the installation manual yep. says it should be. But it can be changed. Yep, because the, the in the in the calibration, the screens are almost identical. They are right. Yep, we change the word ABM to IMU and yep. use the same screen. Yep. <laughs> but I, I, it's just you're 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 literally doing the same thing. You're you're yep. situating, you're rotating, you're uh, you know repositioning or whatever. So you know, as we're coming up to some probably some Agco kit releases. Yeah, is that a good way to yep, put it. I think so. uh, as we we have a, a different an actual like a different sensor on there. Correct. Um, and there's probably a special consideration with that when it comes to the center rack. And you've explained this to me before, so I apologize if you got to do it again. Sure. sure. Uh, the ACO machines have uh, a little different configuration for the center rack. Sure. It rotates very freely unless you raise the center rack all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. There's some transport stops there that level the center rack when then it's all the way up. Uh because our system is measuring the rotation of the center rack, sure. if it's not rotating and we expect it to, that's uh, an issue for us. So we include in these kits a, another sensor that mounts at the top of the mast and looks down at the uh, center rack. 
<laughs> Dave's just trying to drink his water out away from the microphone. <laughs> anyway, go on, Brian. <laughs> we include in the kits a different type of sensor that we install sure. at the top of the mast. It looks down at the center rack, so we know how far away from those transport stops the center rack is. Mm-hmm. If you enable the uh, height control system over a normal crop, there's no issue. Everything lowers down. It works like it would. Sure. If you happen to be spraying something very tall, uh, like fungicide into corn late in the season, mm-hmm. the center rack is actually going to want to go up pretty much to those stops. Uh, we don't want to control in that situation. So this sensor at the top lets us lower the center rack three or four inches, just enough not to hit those transport stops when the center rack rotates. Uh, okay. And then they, they work nicely between the, the radar info and the, and the top sensor to keep it at the right height. Uh, that's if the center rack height control is enabled. If the center rack height control is not enabled, then we'll require the center rack to be down those three or four inches before we can engage the left or right booms. Okay. Okay. So just something something to keep in mind for yeah. for those machines and those installations. Right. Right. Do we actually tell the user or the applicator that it is three or four inches from the top, or do we just not let it engage? Um, so if they try and engage when it's too high up, we'll pop up a, a message on the screen telling them why it could engage if center act control is not enabled. Okay. If center act control is enabled, we just lower anyway. Okay. The, we'll put a little more here during the installation process. That causes a couple more steps to happen when you're, when you're going through your setup as part of the okay. auto boom fold calibration. Because uh, we need to measure where that position is. Okay. So the the screen instructs the user. I think we go all the way down, all the way up, and then we tell them to go just low enough that the center rack can rotate freely. Okay. Which is three or four inches. I believe the uh, printed paper documentation actually even lists the three to four inches. Oh. Okay. okay. Oh boy, this is a big one. Updated boom height software. Yes. So is that just the right for our radar sensors? That is for the radar okay. sensors. So we talked about how easy that is already. Yeah. Uh, oh. All right. Yeah. Yep. <coughs> we can speak a little bit to why there's an update if you want. Sure. Yeah. I mean, eh, might as well if it's. Yeah. So we found a a scenario that uh, during engine cranking with a voltage drop, if you briefly had weak batteries or a cold machine, okay, the sensor could go offline and it wouldn't come back up when the machine was running. Uh, so this is just a software update. It doesn't change control algorithm. It doesn't change the readings from the sensor at all. It just handles that that scenario. Okay. Nice. Uh, oh, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit more about much. the IMU terrain compensation <laughs> test. <laughs> Three, if you want to restart on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, was there anything else uh, as we're kind of getting into, you know, well, spring is going to be hitting yes. right around the corner. It We've is. been a little bit delayed because of, you know, well, I mean, the are is pretty flooded right now. <laughs> yeah, right? no kidding. Uh, but, to our windows in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And I've seen I've seen tons of pictures from, you know, some of the passes out in the field that, you know, here's, here's all these different fields that are flooded, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's a digression. Um, is there anything that I think would be valuable? You think would be valuable as we're going into spring, uh, particularly about just maybe boom XRT uh, in general. I would say just the big thing is just 
try to follow the installation manual as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you're running, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're running into problems, we're always take available. A drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, that's the main thing I think as of now, since it's it's still fairly new. Um, sure. So. There's going to be a lot of new installations, I believe, this spring that are happening currently and in the short future. Sure. So I think that's the big hitter. Yeah, well, kind of like how you were talking about earlier, Brian, about being able to rule things out. You know, it's like if we closely follow that, then we know that maybe the, you know, the ABM and and or the IMU are put in the right place, uh, things like that. Yes, Definitely. And I think the added uh, auto calibration feature, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it makes it easier, as well as you know the second software release note that we had there with the ability to reprogram all the height sensors with one button press. And that was a, a feature request, and it it came through. It was agreed upon. Yep. So I think that's great. We give Dave two requests a year. He burned one of them on that. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, next one better be pretty good, Dave. <laughs> uh, following up on that uh, comment about the auto calibration, all of our products, I know we instruct that the machine needs to be warm and running yes. at, at a typical operating engine when you're calibrating. Uh, I would say that's probably more important for this system than others. Uh, than steering sure. it really needs to be warm mm-hmm. and you need to cycle the booms so if you've got cold oil out in the lines between the valve and the cylinder i need to run those up and down some to get some warm oil out there before oh. you're trying to calibrate yeah good point and then uh i'm sure charged as well as far as the the lines or yeah. does that not really make that big of a difference uh no yeah so if you've just had to open up a system to install a valve you need to definitely do enough cycling to get all the air out as well sure yep. okay uh well, that's all I had. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to say something about we were working with the uh, beta testers last spring. Um, just some of their comments were were largely loved by Raven. <laughs> sure. Uh, when you hear people say, wow, this is wonderful. My wife uses the sprayer, and she's like, where's this been all our life? <laughs> that literally was told to me over the phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's just crazy how much uh, like an, uh, sort of like an add-on or to ad hoc product Yep. Makes a difference. Yep. Yep. You know. Uh the the one that was having the ABM problem, um, once they got it figured out, the I think the guy actually called into engineering and and said, Wow, I can do everything I want at eighteen miles an hour now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it was eye opening last uh, summer we were doing some testing in, in standing corn. Yep. And trying to drive down corn rows manually and control boom height manually and have any idea what was going on with the machine was an overload. Right. So. <laughs> well, yeah, when we talk about operator fatigue, it's just right. kind of been thinking, yeah, sure, whatever. But it's like, no, it's right. it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. All right. Well, well, thank you very much, David Fisher, Audubon Product Champion, Technical Service Specialist. You're welcome, Matt. <laughs> just Matt. And thank, and, and thank you, Just Brian. Thank you, Just Matt. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You guys good with that? Yeah. yeah. I think that turned out good.